Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, different gravy. Happy birthday to you. That was good. We can go with that. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Different Gravy, Not Just Another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host has spent the week spreading rumours about the outcome of the EFL hearing through his carefully constructed network of spam bots. It's my friend and yours, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, getting by. Um, I did recently discover this week that I'm the sleeping equivalent of a watched pot. <laughs> uh, had to do a sleep apnea test. Films had to do one of those. My commiserations to you because uh, it's absolutely awful. And it's uh, you know you do a little questionnaire the morning after, and it's like, how did you sleep? Um, not good because there's always like apparatus like stuck up my nose and mm-hmm. uh, ran into my chest, and I had a thing on my finger, and I generally felt like I was uh, you know in a hospital in uh, a rather bad state. When actually no, I'm just trying to yeah. figure out what my sleep is. So didn't sleep very well the evening before. And but good news, everybody, I've had a whopping 5.5 hours of sleep. Oh yeah. And uh, I treated myself to a little bit of the game this morning. And yum yum yum, ready to talk and digest that with you on the podcast. You treated yourself to a full Maggie before you watched Wednesday versus West uh, Wednesday versus the Swans. A full what a full what, sir? A full Maggie Thatcher. That's the five hours. Okay. It put her in that cheery disposition to, you know, crush the unions and kill off the mining industry. Um, <laughs> uh, should we just go straight into, you know, we've already touched on it. Hoo-hoo's is in many ways, you know, bleeding into everyday life in, in ways that are unavoidable. So... Breaking hoo-hoo's. And the, yeah, I mean, that first and foremost... There's no news, technically, from the hearing, but there's lots of now rumours and things spreading around. So, um, you know, not just from your own spam, uh, spam bot army, but, uh, you know, there, there was a pretty, a rumour that gained some credibility. I don't know how or why, but, you know, it's going around sort of hours talk and Twitter and things like that. Um, but even today on the Sky coverage, they were saying that they believe the hearing is finished and it's just, it's now just waiting to be announced or something like that so um so there was a feeling on those within those rumors that things had, had sort of finished um and and maybe that's maybe that's based on some truth or reality or sky are reading Al's talk which is also um, a distinct possibility because um we all remember the tremendous story of terry henfleet um <laughs> The fictitious Frenchman that made his way into several mainstream bits of presses and uh, news coverage. So we're still sat really not knowing what the story is. Yes. Uh, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. I can't really believe it's gone on as long as it has. A second full week. Uh, next week will you know, be the third week of things running. In could the meantime, even, also gone. Could you even believe that things would have ended when they do? Possibly, I guess. <laughs> 
Um, I hope, I mean, I, I think the thing is, the, the uncertainty of all this is far worse than probably knowing our fate. Um, although, unfortunately, the longer, you know, if, if it's going to be a points deduction, the longer it takes for that news to come through, the, the less time we have to kind of react to knowing what, what's needed of us, which is very unhelpful to the to the team and the, the fans and, you know, everyone associated. And the other teams around us. Um, but we've kind of had it hanging over us since Christmas time. So the uncertainty is just, I, I've no doubt played a big part in our slump in form since then. I know Stephen Fletcher is, is a big part of it as well. But, yeah, just not knowing what your future holds is not a, not a particularly nice place to be as uh, for anybody. And it doesn't help mm-hmm. motivate people to do a great job. Um, so with, uh, I don't think there's anything more to say at that, this stage at the moment. Although, obviously, we're going to... No. Have got have got have gone into administration in the meantime, showing just how wonderful a job the EFL are doing of of uh, monitoring and looking after the clubs that sit underneath their their umbrella. Um, sold by a guy that supposedly bet then on them going down um, to somebody with no money. So brilliant stuff. I mean, people will. I, I see people saying that the EFL's got its rules in place and they don't do very much, but. Well, why don't they do very much? The EFL set these rules. <laughs> like, it, you should have a check on an owner that means that they're at least halfway, you know, dependable and can do what's needed of them. Anyway, um, so the other chunk of news in the week was obviously we played West Bromwich Albion. Um, I believe one of Luke's, uh, you know, West Midlands clubs that he he holds in some favour. Unlike Birmingham City, he doesn't. Just, hate their very existence <laughs> that's true that's true that's a good observation good uh good thing to bring up rich um and yeah um how funny that now i guess like always um you know like prior to last week came into prediction for i thought we would uh do quite well in that game i thought that would be a game that maybe we would win and uh, no uh quite resounding opposite of a win it was well, yeah, shades of today's game, performance-wise, not terrible. Like, especially like first up until the 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 needless penalty, probably the better team. Just, I I would say so. Yeah, and I mean that's the the heartbreaking thing. I mean the funny thing that we said kind of midweek when you and I were talking about this. How much is this a you know a sad kind of catchphrase about Mozart Abajo that's Oh, he did really well up until the point where he conceded a penalty. <laughs> yes. It, Amazingly now, five five penalties conceded. He has a one in four rate of giving away a penalty in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt, which yes. is pretty staggering. Which uh, I kind of said that <laughs> that's almost like a new you strike rate in just conceding <laughs> penalties. And to, yeah, maybe maybe uh, Atty's late effort was to keep up with Odebajo's hit rate. Didn't want to be left behind. <laughs> that was probably what happened. Yeah, it's just trying, you know, cling on to both... his coattails. He's such a trailblazer when it comes to. <laughs> maybe they're both Libras and they have a pact that they need to keep a bit of balance within the team in that regards. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, I mean, I I really thought that. Um, I mean, I was really surprised. I'm surprised, actually, especially after today as well. I thought that we would have been the team who's conceded the most penalties 
oh, in yeah. the championship, but apparently not. Apparently, it's actually Derby County, which has right, quite a Because I feel like we've conceded so many penalties, really. It, it just feels like some kind of awful... Yeah. Well, it it's kind of feels a little bit like we're playing some type of golf <laughs> and we need to give a handicap to ourselves. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a continuation, I think, probably, of the fact that, you know, well, we keep talking about it because we keep doing it. Silly fouls all around the box kind of lead to silly fouls in the box. Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't seem to have a good way of stopping t- teams without fouling them. So once they make it into our box, we just foul them there. That yeah. seems to be how how we defend is to grab people and shove them and kick them. We can't get the ball fairly. It seems that's that's an impossibility. So if you once you bre- you know breach the line of the box, you've got a good chance of picking up a pen against Wednesday. Though interestingly, uh, weirdly enough, is that actually from today? You know, just a bit of foreshadowing. You know. Uh, spoilers even though it's not a spoiler because we all know what happens by this time we all know what happens at this point um we're actually very good at making tackles within the box it's just incredibly innocuous needless challenges that never need to be made in the box they're the ones that we seem to do a lot of that give away yeah I, I thought it's interesting they're actually quite basically the same foul given away in both games to to kind of maybe we should wait till we get to that point in the uh yeah. in, in today's game for the comparison sure but, but we can talk about almost identical yeah. it's the same sort of ball it's a defender who's not read it properly trying to make up for their initial mistake and overdoing it and i think probably in both cases you should just let the player have the shot and hope that either they miss or your goalkeeper does his job. Yeah. I mean, today's was real panic. I mean, you, you, you to, I've got more sympathy for Adam Reach giving that away because he's not a defender. He's also not played very much football, and like I've oh. got a lot less sympathy for Ardabajo, who, um, to be fair, was out of position again. But um, I actually have the complete opposite to you, Rich. Right. So okay. It's interesting because I mean. It's needless. So here's the problem. The problem is, essentially, there's a large inconsistency within refereeing and within the officiating of, you know, football matches in that there are referees who would not give that penalty. I think more often than not, they're going to give it when it's so isolated. I think it's those moments when you're the only thing that's happening that everybody's right on is you and the player you're next to. When okay. you do something physical to kind of stop them, you're just you're giving up like you're giving them the chance to, to punish you for it. And the referee, the chance to give the penalty as a result. Okay, that's a good point. And that's something I think I've probably missed in that kind of, in my element of that argument. Because basically, there's so much shirt pulling that goes on, you know, within free kick situations. But mainly it's, mainly it's actually corners. You know, yeah. it's just a huge melee of people tugging each other's shirt and trying well, to give this kind of marginal one-upmanship against each other, right? Yeah. Swansea today were very, very physical in, in, in their box, in their defending. Very... Grabby and hand, you know, for want of a better word, a bit handsy and things like that. But yeah, when it's a mass box, you either have those situations where the ref kind of talks to everyone and then blows his whistle for a free kick. Um, but they very rarely give penalties in those situations because it's kind of 50 50 but it's yeah I, I just always think those moments when you're you're kind of the only bit of action in in the in the play referees are much more inclined to give it to the 
to the striker because the striker's only got eyes for the ball. There's no question that there's no 50-50 in either of those two challenges to, that, that gave away the penalties. There's only one aggressive actor. The other person's just trying to get the ball. And I think that it, it becomes a much clearer, easier decision for the for the referee as a mm. result. Um, but that, so that was, I suppose, in a way, almost the tail of the match was how Adebayo played. He, he was dropped in as the left-sided centre-back of the three, uh, replacing Borna, who, who's, who, or who's injured, who was injured. Um, and as you say, I mean, apart from giving away the penalty that turned the game, he had, he did all right there. Yeah, in possession and decent spell and got forward and broke a few things up and lots of attacking, yeah. especially mainly in the second half where, I mean, you know, obviously we were looking to try and atone for, you know, going behind and trying to get something out of the game, which, yeah, I don't I don't besmirch them from doing. The only problem was that then, you know, the story of the game was, you know, you give so much space and so much opportunity for a team of that talent in West Brom to hit you on the counter-attack, and they will absolutely murder you. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah. I think the other thing as well, it's... I think both games, we've put ourselves in a position... We've done all right, but not capitalised on it. Then we've put ourselves in a position where we've got to... We've got to chase the game, and then we don't have a change on the bench worth making, really. Like, effectively, the 11 on the pitch are pretty much the best 11 we've got. And then almost anybody away who's stepping away from that is a drop in, in quality. And that was absolutely not the case for West Brom. You know, they had... They had rested players and still had a very good team to put out. And when they brought on those better players, they were really able to take a huge advantage of the... Uh... Well, that was a really interesting thing because they're a team with a hell of a lot of talent. But um, And I, I sometimes wondered whether it was because not having such a direct kind of focus on West Brom as a team and maybe a bit less of a focus in my slightly older age with the standard of the championship and who the players are, who the characters you know, et cetera, et cetera. Looking at that lineup, there were a few, you know, real quality players, but actually it was where the the bench was. That yeah. was an exceptionally strong bench. And kind of looking at the list of those those names was just like, yeah, this is probably a real indication of the marker of where these teams are, you know, both these teams are on the table in relation to each other. They've kind of, yeah, they've done, they've done they've done the drop from the Premier League right. It looks like West West Brom in that they've sort of taken the opportunity to rejuvenate their squad mm. and they're heading back up with a good mixture of kind of youngsters bursting at the seams with potential and some old heads around them. Like they've got yeah they've got a very decent squad to to take into the Premier League with them next season. Um, although it's not a given that they'll get there. Obviously, um, there's still still a distinct possibility that they they get caught um but we we did our bit to sort of help them along that road to uh to to securing their place in the the premier league next season but again how heartbreaking the fact that you know largely looked like a game where we were the better side for large swathes of it and again three nil was a very very harsh kind of scoreline to be on the end of definitely Definitely. Uh, yeah, I mean, not being clinical. I mean, the the sec. I think the second goal is maybe as disappointing as the first in its own way. I mean, it, there's just lots of basic defensive errors. In particular, I mean, I, I think it's been singled out fairly well. But Bannon's closing down is dreadful. He doesn't even get in the same postcode area as the man that 
puts the cross in. Um, but then Odebajo, again, he's so busy looking at a man that is marked that he doesn't see the man that runs right into his zone and scores the goal. It, it's just, yeah, it's just mm. basic defending well, absolutely falling apart. Because even even though he's let the cross come in and it's a decent cross into the right area, if Odebajo is single-minded and goes and wins his header... yeah. He stops it all happening, but he's but, yeah. But he's also been susceptible to. Um, he has conceded. We have conceded from a few headers where Odebajo hasn't challenged before. Like yeah. this is also another you know horrific hallmark catchphrase you know regarding Moses Odebajo in defence for us. Which again, it it kind of unfortunately leads to. I feel like I've been very generous, generous sometimes, very much to a fault. Regarding Moses Adebayo in a Wednesday show, you've been show. a real, a real sugar daddy to Moses Adebayo. It's got to be said. That's how generous <laughs> you've been. <laughs> yes, yes, that's the term we would all use to talk about my relationship with Moses Adebayo. No, it, it, but I think it's just you know there are just um, and I, I think we can kind of get onto that and kind of look at some players today and kind of think of them in that regards. But there's some players you're like, well, they're actually quite talented as a football player. However, they can't play this role. They're not very good here. And then they don't do this. I, I'm beginning to wonder if we just don't have, um, maybe if we're kind of really classic, uh, kind of looking at this from being a very kind of generous kind of non-committal way of saying, you know, to do do they, do they, you know, in a similar vein to actually another bit of news we can talk about was the uh, the Sam Hutchinson interview. Oh yes, yes. Where he referred to his face didn't fit. But I'm wondering also, in a kind of maybe slightly generous way, as Adebayo, maybe for what we're trying to do, maybe there's not a position, or maybe his face just doesn't fit Sheffield Wednesday in general. Yeah. Because it's it's just been, I feel like we've looked back at Moses Adebayo and we've seen historically, you know, he was a player who we kind of looked at before, who we looked at his time, especially against us for, you know, Hull City in that playoff final and said, wow, you know, this is this is a player, this is someone that we would love to have at Sheffield Wednesday. And we're not, you know, whether he's that same player, whether he's in the same role, I'm not entirely sure. But, it, but again, it, it doesn't look like we have anything that's going to get any kind of great positives because, you know, I mean, obviously you look at a defender, the positive should be, hey, he played really well. He, um, you know, he prevented this player from having an impact on the game. He kept a clean sheets. Um, yeah. sometimes yeah. seemingly also there's been a few, you know, positives of going forward. Like, look, he scored a goal and he did this, all that type of stuff. I think with, I wonder with Bruce, how much of it was like, I offer was someone that he had some dealing with, I think. And then he'd had his awful injury and hadn't really got a chance to come back into the team on recovery. Like it wasn't that you, I offer. Odebajo and not I offer. No, I'm saying that he did this with Iorfa, and okay. then next season, Bruce signed Odebajo. And I think it was the same sort of idea. You know, this is a guy I know. He's had a horrific injury. And I'm just going to give him the time to show me he's still the player that he was. Like, do you know? So I wonder how much the success yeah. of the Iorfa transfer fed into trying the exact same thing with Odebajo. And maybe if Bruce had been here and the fact that he knew him, he knew what he was capable of at, at kind of his best, maybe we would have seen a different Odebajo, but it, it's been 
it's been terrible. It's just the good bits are so few and far between. And it, it almost feels like when he defends well, it's it's almost by accident. Like, I'm just looking back at moments where in early in the season before we had all the pens and stuff where we were sort of say, you know, when we were when we were occasionally, you know, offering praise, whether it was faint praise or, or justified praise. It's. I'm thinking about so many occasions where the ball just kind of hits him because he's covering a channel, and maybe he's covering a channel on purpose, but maybe he's just there because that's where he was stood. Because he seems to have terrible defending instincts. He always seems to be reacting and always seems to be a step behind. Because there's other things in that game that that Grzyski challenge. He's so late to that. I think in the Premier League that would have been a you know the one where they just clattered in the in the box. Mm. I think in the Premier League that probably would have been given as a penalty because Grzyski's touched the ball. Adebayo's not touched the ball and he's flattened him. And I, I I've seen so many penalties. I remember like Wayne Rooney scored penalties where he flicked the ball straight out of play and got the penalty because it doesn't actually matter where the ball goes if you've kind of impeded his run illegally. You, mm. you tend to get the penalty. It's I think it's just so tricky because this. <laughs> this modicum of of positivity we've had since the restart, you know, the draw and the win and this formation that sort of looked sort of looked like it did a good job. It's just so, so paper thin our squad. There's so little malleability yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, it's I just it's gonna be so tough between now and the end of the season because. Yeah, one one or two people being out or somebody being tired, and it's going to just leave a huge dent in things. Um, anything else worth sort of talking about? So it was a it was a three 0 loss, uh, despite despite us looking okay for the most part. You know, most of the play, I think we were probably we were we were probably the slightly better team, but we didn't get we didn't make. The- and we didn't take any of the chances that we... Well, yeah, well, there's also the heartbreaking moment of Kadeem Harris hitting the post yes. as well. You know, him perfectly killing one onto the foot of the post. He did a really, really good Kadeem Harris, and it still didn't go in. <laughs> it did. Uh, yes, exactly. It's another kind of beautiful, beautiful <laughs> shot effort, which looks better than it actually does, you know. Which would have made it one all, is that right? At the time? It's either that or two one, I think it would But it would have been a big moment to have grabbed a goal either way. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, frustrating. Not in some ways you kinda of go, well they're a they're a they're a really good team. You know, we wouldn't necessarily be expecting to beat them, but they have been in poor form since the restart. Two one is what it would have made it. Sorry, it was the sixtieth minute mark. Um, we've been in relatively good form since the restart. They've been in relatively bad form, so you kind of hoped that we might catch them on the on the downers, and uh, and and we'd and we'd be on our uppers. But um, it didn't it didn't really transpire in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, do we want to talk a little bit about Hodge? We can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, how would uh, would you like to open up the conversation and topic on Sam Hutchinson talking to the media literally the day after his contract expired? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's in it's interesting. We don't hear from players very voluntarily very often. Um, he he always speaks well. He's obviously a very intelligent 
chap uh not just for a footballer you know he knows what he's about he's got quite a you know good picture of things it i thought it was sort of telling what was what was being said and how it was being said and what was being said and what was not being said were kind of things that were were interesting of themselves (laughs) and i did i did sort of make a joke to you uh, via whatsapp that um in a season where the most consistent criticism of us has been that we give away too many fouls mm. that sam, sam hutchinson thought that one of the things we were lacking as a team was was some needle um that, that did <laughs> that did make me laugh <laughs> um but I don't, it's tricky because you sort of look at you look at this in the face of it. One of the things that was interesting from from him and uh, Forestieri was actually that they praised Chancery. And one of the, the you know the rumours, the theories that goes round is that Chancery was one of the reasons that certain players weren't getting played. Oh, such and such isn't playing because Chancery said not to pick him because of a clause in his contract or whatever. That was certainly the rumour under Yos. The reason those two weren't uh, Hutchinson and, and Westwood weren't playing was that they would they would trigger a clause and to ha- to have both those players come out and say uh, you know particular single out Chancery as being and his family being you know such great things to be have been a part of and involved in do you think that puts that to bed as a rumor probably, <laughs> or do you think probably they have not. To? <laughs> It's not. Uh, I mean, it's an interesting thing you brought up. It's not one of my kind of takeaways from the interview. So, what was what was your sort of? What was my kind of big takeaway? I guess the interesting thing for me is we're never going to know the details. No. About what was going on, I thought it was interesting the fact that Hutch said a lot, seemingly didn't say very, you know, but without saying much, you know, but saying the very. This thing was quite telling, wasn't it? That was interesting. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I. Him saying his face didn't fit. Um, I, I'm always welcome. I'm always open to football players, you know, being in a position. And I think Hutchinson felt that he needed to have that conversation for a PR piece and to kind of to clear his name and yeah, make yeah. it sound like, hey, it's not me who wasn't doing this. But it's interesting that he doesn't really address that because effectively it's not going to look very good on him if he's basically just denying it and saying, and because I don't think he can really go into any great details. And I also don't think he's going to be particularly salacious. So the physio thing's interesting because unfortunately the problem with Hutchinson is Hutchinson is seemingly hobbled. Um, you know, he's crackered, his knees are screwed. Mm. Uh, so then essentially, I think the problem is is that under I thought it was interesting him talking about like his relationship with Carlos and yes. basically saying that relationship seemed to kind of say that seemed to give him the waiting to do and be treated in the way that he wanted to be treated and what needs to be treated to keep him as a consistent football player and someone who's going to contribute in the squad and you know, probably play the 30 games a season, which is the, the amount of juice you want to get out of Sam Hutchinson. <laughs> yes. Right? But the problem then kind of becomes, is I, th- I think the argument kind of becomes in a in a typical kind of lens of, I think football fans do this, and I'm sure they're also making a similar argument on the training ground and actually within football themselves. It might seem a little bit basic, but I, I think the there's enough weight behind this to summarize it. We can't really treat... Sam Hutchinson as though he's Ledley King. No, no. So I think that's the problem. I think Hutchinson views it, though. I'm a really good player. I'm the lifeblood of his club. I think he views himself as being, especially for the last five, six years, 
being one of the cornerstones of Sheffield Wednesday in this kind of iteration, in this this kind of run, from Stuart, Gla- Stuart Gray through to Carver. Yeah, he remembered Stuart Gray late on, didn't he, in his um, description of the, the guys he liked as manager and didn't like. Yes, <laughs> yes. But again, it's I'm demanding that you play with me like this. And to a certain degree, I mean, we've largely been kind of big fans of Sam Hutchinson. I think yeah. you know, we were looking at our players of the decade, and I think I kind of said it was one that was kind of sad that he was kind of on the outskirts for me, but someone that kind of missed out. But I think the problem is it's just so weighty for the fact that you're having that conversation. And as someone like Gary Monk, you cannot, for the sake of that, have that kind of relate you can't have a player like that wanting uh personal individual treatments dictating things yeah I, but the other thing is the why the, the one of the wide criticisms of carlos um is that the players weren't very fit under his tutelage like they were basically allowed to do what they liked in training so of course the players liked it it's a bit like alan irvin everyone loved alan irvin they were terrible under alan irvin but oh it was, it was everyone's mate good old al Uh. (laughs) so uh, it doesn't necessarily feel like i think for most players in fact probably just letting them do what they feel like when they feel like it is probably not the best bit of management no (laughs) but it sounds like yeah it sounds like hutch obviously doesn't respond to to that discipline particularly well it is i mean he says it's almost he said more in what he didn't say than than what he said as you say it's it's a it was sort of a pr piece go in and kind of try and clear my name sort of idea (laughs) like i'm not a trouble exactly and i mean it was interesting you're trouble It was interesting for that piece. It was interesting for that effect. Um, I don't besmirch anybody doing that. I certainly think the PR, again, that's the problem. Like we've said before, like the PR of someone like Kieran Westwood and Sam Hutchinson is a lot more effective, a lot more weighty than what we've heard from Fernando Forasteri, for example. Yeah. Um, Which there's probably numerous reasons behind that. Um, But effectively, you know, it was fine. It was okay. Um, still a bit disappointed with his kind of exit and how it kind of happened. But I mean, underneath it all, I think the thing that we can look at and the thing we can agree on is very much, and especially looking at Gary Monk, and maybe this is one of the reasons or something to be a little bit kind of have some optimism going forward, is Monk wants a younger and hung- uh, younger, fitter, hungrier squad. Yeah. And someone like Sam Hutchinson, who you have to manage in this kind of like semi-diva way, you know, really to get the mileage and get the juice out of them, is it's it's another bad kind of cornerstone in a midfield in a midfield pack which is aging substantially. Exactly. The other thing is, I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, Hutch talks about how well his injury was managed under Carlos. And granted, that second year under Carlos, he played 33 games, but we were nowhere near as good as we were in Carlos's first season, in the the second season. And Hutch only played 25 times. He's played as many times in, in basically this season and last as he did in that first season under Carlos. So when he felt like he was in the midst of it running things 
and you know whatever detrimental impact training every day has had on him because that seemed to be a, a kind of bugbear you know Steve Bruce said he wanted him in every day and and Gary Monk wants him in every day um he's he's played as many games under that regimen as he ha- as he did in the first season under Carlos so and presumably he was younger fitter you know all the, re- the, the well not fitter but you know younger more pliable and things like that when he five years ago than he is today so it's just kind of interesting what perception is I think you can get an idea in your head and you, you build things I, I've got a, a friend that talks about pain bodies so you get you build the grievance and then you just pile things on the grievance. You just keep seeing examples of the grievance. And it's almost, it, that's what it felt like a bit with Hodge. It's like, I'm so hard done by. They do this, they do that. They make me come in every day. Do you know, like, and it just felt like, and then when you actually look at the stats, and you're like, well, it's not, doesn't seem to have made a huge, it's not like you spent more time injured uh. training every day than you did when you were doing whatever you liked under Carlos. So, I, yeah, so the reality doesn't always bear out what your what your perception is, particularly when, as I say, you feel, you feel aggrieved and you kind of, you have that mindset. Um, yeah, disappointing that uh you know he's gone with a bit of a you know a bit of a cloud over over things um they also addressed the the weird pay issue which we seem to have had again i don't understand that at all people not being paid but again hutch was sort of poo-pooed that and sort of said oh it's not you know it's not it's never really happened before and uh, it's uh, i'm sure it'll be fine kind of thing so that was another thing that people were getting slightly worried about but i'm also wondering as well that seemed weird because i'm wondering whether that might be he was the one who's maybe leaking that stuff out maybe but then that's great pr isn't it you say you say oh by the way we haven't i'd look i can i get on the show tomorrow and talk by the way we haven't been paid properly this month and then you get interviewed and you go oh i'm sure it's nothing you know no the club i wouldn't you know i wouldn't say anything about it really to be do you know so you've kind of he could easily been the one that started the story because sure. it was supposedly it was a, a player that had left we, we just we obviously don't know we're just completely we don't know this is all yeah parody parody <laughs> <laughs> life's rich parody um shall we get on to today's game oh let's let's do that yes i'm just chomping <laughs> at the bit to talk about another, another wednesday loss <laughs> so it's our um it's our birthday isn't it rich it is our birthday. Our birthday. This is this marks a year of different gravy. Episode fifty-two, and we've been doing them every week. Year so, old gravy. Year old gravy. You could stand a spoon in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the themes has been that Luke Luke loves lineups. So, what did you make of today's today's efforts from Mister Monk? <laughs> Um, I largely thought at the time, I actually thought it, it was interesting. I thought it looked good. Um, I'm, I was happy to see Burner back. Um, who else kind of came in? So it was the cruise for, yeah, for Rhodes. That was the big, that was the big kind of change. There were three changes, mm. but I could only really see Burner, Burner reach, back in. Oh, Reach, Adam yeah. Reach came in for, which I was like, I was happy so, yeah, with, I was happy with in? Reach coming back into the picture because um, I, I felt as much as I as much as I love Kadeem Harris you know there are times when it just feels a bit stale well we've also said that maybe we've missed a bit of quality we've had a lot of the ball in those wide areas we've had a lot of balls in from those wide areas but maybe we've lacked a bit of quality and and you'd hope that Reach would be a man that could could do that we also have very little worries about him 
well, maybe I speak too, uh, say too much of this, but like uh-huh. generally, you would have very little worry with him being able to do that kind of wing back role because he had he spent a better part of a season sort of doing that at, at um, you know at one stage or another in his Wednesday career. Um, I think when I saw it, the team, my initial thought was that that is probably the best eleven we've got in terms of potential and whatever else. I, I yeah, I think that's that's it really. I mean, you can talk about goalkeeper. And maybe if you're in an argumentative mood, you want to put Tom Lees in. But I think other than that, there's very I had very little qualms. I think it was a yeah, I do think it was a it was a, a pretty much as good as we've got. Um, and we did start really brightly. We had three uh, three really good chances from Murph, for Murphy in that first 15 minutes because it turns out a 35-year-old Wayne Routledge, is, uh, who's been a winger all his life, not quite so easy for him to convert to being a wing-back. And he was just leaving acres in behind and we kept finding that space. Um, the only other thing I kind of want to bring up was, especially going into this, I mean, I'm... I'm espousing the same disappointments that any Wednesday fan has when you get excited, when you look forward to something, when you think that there's something positive that could be happening, and also on a much kind of a negative kind of perspective looking at other teams. You know when you get those moments where you kind of look and you think about like how um, Swansea have got a real defensive problem. They're missing mm-hmm. two centre-backs. Oh, great. You know, we should be able to uh, really get some change from them. Yes. And we should really be able to kind of damage and attack them. And I know this is a bit after the, um, you know, w- you know, being a bit wise after That's the event, yeah. which uh, we do we do quite a lot here on Different, Different Gravy. Um, <laughs> I wondered whether for a sense of kind of looking at some of the different options they had and a bit of the youth, I know they talked a lot about, or at least on my commentary, I wasn't sure what it was like on the Sky one. I had the uh, Johnny Johnny McListless uh, oh, commentator, right. okay. who I have on my thing, who got some real more comments about him as usual, because he's a guy who pisses me off to some great life. <laughs> Another thing to really enjoy from these absolute bloody crap shows of, uh, you know, TV, you know, sky coverage on a stupid, stupid o'clock that I just love. Um, so they talked a lot about the Chelsea youngster from Swansea, the centre-back. Was it G- Gagey? Oh, okay. Who did have a good... Had a, had a good game. He did have a good game. Did yeah, have a G- good game. Gay or ga- Guy? I don't know. There's no J sure, in there. But... Sure. Um, but again, yeah. also wondering, being wise after the event, maybe you just also put another big man such as New You, or you get a bit more yeah. kind of... You get a bit more striker steel. I think even Rhodes might even be slightly better... Um, we can do ratings obviously at the end of the show, but I'm I I the problem I think is I'm so I'm going to be a bit spoilery about my view on the cruise today. The cruise I think on paper has the characteristics of everything that we want and need in that position. It just doesn't work. He's um, I've forgotten his actual name now. Rambo or whatever he was called. The, uh, the Slavic. No, the. Uh... Yeah, next pet yeah, next pet Yeah. Um we did he did get called Rambo, didn't he? He did, yes. That's yes. why it, it randomly came up. But even yeah. when I kind of brought up was... said it, I, I wanted to walk it back because I'm like, <laughs> we can't be talking about Nedge Pechnik. But he was classic in that he'd come on for ten minutes at the end of a two you know, game when you lose yeah. it and you go, yeah. He's got so much, he's done more in ten minutes and all yeah, the yeah, he's yeah. done. 
He needs yeah. to start the next game. Yeah, and they start game. doing nothing at all. And, and Dequish like, has done this about three times for us now already. Yeah. Oh, he's bright as a button. He's got, oh, he's quick. He's strong. He's got a trick. And then he does nothing. He it's the sum total of nothing today. Yep. He, Rhodes would have been better. He wouldn't have done anything more. But at least he, w- I would have known what he was there for. I don't know what De Cruz was trying to do today. He didn't seem to have a role. Mm. Running about a bit. It was. It was. But I, I don't think we ever look particularly good when we go to two big men up top. It's worked very few times. But I'm wondering if that situation, if we give a little bit of something for Swansea to think about, it might have been a better viewpoint today. And I was, yeah. I know, but I also know, and I completely get your point. We do this a lot. This this podcast, we talk, we get naive, we get optimistic, um, <laughs> misty-eyed. Sometimes we even think that we're actually a um, support football club that can play a little bit of football. <laughs> Sometimes we think they're going to win a game. And imagine our disappointment. Imagine, imagine the pie on our face. <laughs> I wonder, though. I know, again, we've, we've been here as well. But I wonder how good it would be if we tried. I know, um, I know people don't like one up front. But Swansea had one up front today, and it looked pretty good to me when they got going. Um, how go- how much better would we have been potentially if we'd said Reach or Harris or um, Luongo or Kieran Lee? So you know, a, a midfielder well, is that second man, but their mm, job is just to be around Wickham. I would have preferred that for Reach today. Yeah, to be honest, I I yeah. Mind you, I don't know it's a lot of being wise after the event, right? I, I know, know, it is, it is, but I know. I, I've just, 10 minutes in, and De Cruz had done all he was going to do till he came off the pitch. He only has 10 minutes. I don't know whether it's a fitness issue or a confidence thing. Um, it feels a little bit like he's one of these guys that kind of goes chasing games, and then, like, he goes chasing the ball, but he's not very good at it. He's, well, the thing about, he's a very... You know, he has a play with pace. He's got a bit of pace about him. He's got that kind of classy loquaciousness. Yeah. Is it that word that we've used that we don't know whether it means that we think it means? I think it... I'm happy for it to stand. I don't want to look it up. I think it's good. <laughs> not gonna, I can't be asked to look it up. I think I'm, gonna, I, I'm I gonna think be, I, going to be... Like Alessio, not sure we're going to be like Alessio... I mean, that's just like Alessio de Cruz, effectively. You know, we've basically said... Um, we think, you know, it sounds classy... We can't be asked to look it up. That's basically <laughs> Alessio de Cruz, basically. Uh, and that's him. I wonder if he just he just genuinely just has this general uh you know it's a it's a sloth in a smoking jacket. That's what I'm gonna say. He's got a cigar on. He's got a cigar on, yeah. It's a sloth in a cigar on. <laughs> basically it. it's like it's a little bit lazy it's a little bit classy Halo versus england it's just strutting about but um he, he's not shown any particular ability in front of goal and unfortunately all no. of the chances fell to him today yeah had three or four good chances and didn't really make much of any of them um, how much did it break your heart to just have all those situations and think it's completely the wrong player yes. in the end of that like Wickham would have done so much better 
and that I think all of, I think all of our chances you just you wanted somebody yeah. you wanted a different member of personnel on each one of those chances I spe- kind of even a, it even happened with New you that great Bannon like flick um, yes yes behind and you like I, I knew you was a lot of things but this is not I've never seen him score in this situation no <laughs> but also the 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 I was going to kind of cover that when we go over the group for the game I know, I know. um We'll cover it now. Um, it's sumptuous for him to take it down in such a fashion. For mm. him to run on and to control it. But then also, it kind of looks like a miss. But then you think, well, no one else... You know, it's staggering that new you managed to get to there anyway. So I can't really... I don't feel like I can really have a pop at him for that. For yes. that miss. But also, it felt a little bit like, oh, for fuck's sake, could you have scored that? <laughs> Would have made life a lot easier, mate. Would have. <sighs> yeah. So so that sort of starting lineup was promising. The start was promising. I, I thought Murphy, the second one was a really great chance. That volley is a pretty poor that he didn't hit. The, it's a difficult technique, but to hit, not hit the target with it was pretty bad. The third chance was an even sort of easier chance for him. He did hit the target with that eventually. But to be honest, Luke, you know, I thought after these first 15 minutes... We'd all be joining the Jack Army. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> did you see the <laughs> Did I see what you did there? Is that what you're asking? Did, you, did you see that? Yeah. Uh, it's up my sleeve. Um, um, yeah. So are Swansea fans Jacks because uh, that's what you call them when they're typically at sea? <laughs> I don't are know. They ju- are they just called flags when they're on land? <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> There we go. Swansea Jack was a famous Welsh dog who rescued 27 people from the docks and riverbanks of Swansea. There you go. But yeah, so, so there's, a, there's a statue, memorial to Swansea Jack, and uh, the nickname for the, for Swansea, other than the Swans, is uh, is the Jacks. But yeah, you know, I thought we were on we were on to a winner. I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> um, so Swansea just... are interesting, aren't they? I mean, Swansea. Uh, this was the thing that pissed me off. We've we've had we've been featured twice on Sky for a bloody shitty 12 p.m. kickoff. <laughs> pisses me off for like the times that we do this podcast. <laughs> you know, everything's just kind of disrupting my sleep cycle. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I go get a sleep test, and then it'd be like, uh, can I see what team you support? Yeah. Uh, Wednesday. <laughs> well, that's that's the problem. It's all these uh, it's all these silly kickoffs, my friend. Yeah. You need to you need to support somebody else. I need to support someone so anonymous that they're not even featured against and against these teams who are like oh oh they might have a chance of sniffing the playoffs. <laughs> like they might get near the perimeter of the playoffs. It's going to be an Ocean's Eleven, but it's an Ocean's Eleven to get anywhere near the playoffs. That's what it is. So we've had Bristol. I've had Bristol City last week, who Lee, Lee Johnson is now gone. Lee Johnson was fired yesterday. Yes, yeah. Um, and now, hilariously, after this, I get to you know I get to check on Twitter and I get to see a Swansea fan asking Alan Nixon if Swansea if um, Cooper's going to go because they play they play awful football. And I'm like, 
what is it with I really hate this what is it with teams beating Wednesday and being like well it's not good enough yes. it's not you know can you imagine supporting a football team who you know have a modicum of fucking respect from other teams <laughs> so that when they beat them they're like you know you know we won today or we're not being like well you know only beating Wednesday 2-1 oof that's bad oof that's bad well famously we have a manager who lost his job after beating us exactly yes <laughs> I know I know <laughs> I know indeed. And that's the person we turn to to bring them in. Yeah. So, but Swansea just the, the funny thing that they're just the complete championship average side. And they look just impeccable. It looks such an impeccably average game that first half. And they're just a team that have this real inconsistency lurk. I think they're the epitome of the inconsistency lurk even more so than Bristol City. It's interesting because they were the, for a time, they were the kind of picture of this new stability because they were they're one of the first teams in in sort of uk football to to do the the kind of pyramid model where the manager does barely makes any decisions really other than kind of tactics um and they do the thing where they got you know the next the next manager's lined up but they've also got the manager after that manager kind of picked out and things like that so there's a there's a long-term game plan or there was a long-term game plan to what swansea were doing and what they were and and they've also done a pretty good job of transitioning i thought there'd be a team who the fact that they're even anywhere near the faint smell of a playoffs but again it pissed me off the fact that again we've been put on tv for these really boring average games against these teams who might you know might somehow might know. somehow yeah it's just well this is yeah they put the road to promotion on, on these games because that, that was i mean it was worse with the bristol city game i think because that was really like they were barely hanging in there and yeah um it's They've got a tr- they've got a product to sell, haven't they, Sky? Uh, that's what they're trying. I to know do. it's just absolutely tedious. But that well, was the whole thing that they were marking up with my commentator, basically being like, "Oh, you know, keep keep." They really need the points to keep the season alive. Yeah, and must saying work. you know, and also I think it's another thing that's kind of pissing me off for actually watching other people watch Wednesday and commentating on Wednesday for the fact that. So right now, the problem is for us as Wednesday fans is we need these points on board because we don't know if we're going to get a whopping points deduction, which is going yeah. to effectively relegate us. If you know? we didn't have that hanging over us, this would all be the acceptable slump of a team that has nothing to play for. So the because thing we might be thrown into the mire yeah, of relegation. Exactly. But the thing is, like that makes me think, like, am I... You know, it's, it's, is this a friend of mine who's basically saying, everything's all right, everything's fine? Because I'm not getting... The problem is the team is complacent. Everybody commentating on the team is complacent because they're basically... the, the You know, the commentator is saying, Wednesday, they're having a... You know, this will be another anonymous season for them, effectively. Yes. And, like, it's fine saying that, but I'm like, yeah, but we get a points deduction, we get relegated. Like, that's not an anonymous season. No, that is a not. season of... No rather distinct failure rather distinct huge ramifications failure you know with very pressing financial you know ramifications beyond the financial ramifications we have just to try and kind of you know tread water in this league well, what, or, or at we, least in the viewpoint of the model which you know chancery is going down which is basically just every day that elapses um, on our planet of the earth it's another hundred thousand pounds or whatever ridiculous amount he's plowing into the club it's yes yeah it is insane we're back to that sort of geriatric old moggy aren't we because we are having Schroeder we are in the midst of 
<laughs> Schrodinger's relegation battle in that until the uh, yeah the box of the EFL <laughs> comes out and makes a statement. The box of the EFL hearing comes out and makes a statement. We are we are both you know slogging our way towards a mid-table finish and in the midst it's... of terrible relegation battle. <laughs> Do you think, Rich, that it's basically, it's like the film Groundhog Day, but Punk's Attorney film never comes out? <laughs> because somebody put poison in his cage. <laughs> exactly. There we go. That's the analogy for the Wednesday season we can go with. Anyways, let's, let's go through the game. Let's talk about the 40-minute mark. And wow, what a miss from Jacob Murphy. Yeah. The, one thing I want to say that I thought was incredibly impressive about the Jacob Murphy miss on the 14-minute mark, real Murphy of your, it was, it was almost effortless in how bad it was. Like, I mean, the how he, he managed to... He over it. it. He was leaning back. I know. I know. But it was... It was such a small, minimal load of effort to have the ball travel so far off target. It was really something kind of... Because uh, it was such a good ball. It was. Well, it, it was deflected, though, wasn't it? it, it took oh, a was it? But it was, it was it moving it so was, well that it didn't yes. need very much. But, yeah, that was a, that was a sitter, really. It, it was so been. bad. So bad. In Nice. But this is the thing that just irks me is how often am I saying this about Wednesdays? At least get it on target. At least make yeah. them do something. Like if it's straight down the throat of the keeper, at least it's on target. We're With his chance a minute later, he did get it on target. He just hit it straight out the goalie. Yeah, exactly. That was a 15 minute mark. And I'm like, I wasn't sure about his shot. No. Not sure about his finish or decision-making. You know, I, I put down Murphy not looking too confident today. Uh, Jacobel and Hyde. And I'm still like, anyone who makes a casual analogy about Jekyll and Hyde, I don't know who the good one was, but the one who isn't a monster is the one we are presumably after right now. <laughs> and, and also, you know, if he is Jacobel, which I think is the monster, um, I don't want him to go hiding as well. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I think that one of the things you've got to give Murphy, Murphy praise for is actually doesn't seem to go hiding. Like we've sort of touched on, there's levels to bad play and disappointment and things like that. We very much kind of being a Sheffield Wednesday fan is a study in the layers and depths of disappointment that you can reach. And I think what's nice about Murphy is he doesn't, hide away he doesn't stop asking for the ball he doesn't stop making himself available which is a, which is good um and it it means he's more likely to come through these sort of tricky patches and he obviously you know he's, fast forward right till the end his ball for 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 the goal was fantastic it just was a shame that he's really seems quite good at crossing from deep he just doesn't do it very well he is, he is, he is very good at that. I'll give, yeah, it's a good thing to say. <clears throat> I mean, I guess as you say, you'll never hide away, so he'll never ask what is love. <laughs> That's, That's probably the, is that the second a, show in the road a we've made? Show, a, a, at least we're consistent, right? <laughs> But they, we, there was space in down both flanks because uh, Reach got a chance, uh, got a good ball across for Wickham, who kind of just piled mm. his defender. Uh, and they were, um, my commentator was making a point about how bad Routledge was doing. Yes, yeah, Routledge was really struggling. It they was kind it was of, 
the positive of they made though was they kind of put the third the the left-sided man in the three was basically playing left back in behind they they almost went 4-4-2 but didn't quite to make up for the fact that Routledge wasn't doing what he was supposed to do going backwards um there was another uh, the drink break thing I know we've kind of covered it but once again it kind of just robbed the game of any fluid it wasn't a particularly gripping or exciting game but again for like five minutes nothing happened again um after you like you like how how dare you rob any fluidity of this game drinks break that should surely be done by either the opposition or the referee to ruin Wednesday. Yes. yes. I, I had a quite visceral reaction to that bricked up ref. Did is so what is <laughs> he got some history with us? I just remember I so. his kind of he's got a bit of small man syndrome. When he started giving everything as a foul against Atty, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember you. Yep, 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 yep. This guy. <laughs> I didn't think it was too shabby. He was I fine. Didn't. I just had an, just when I saw him, like, you know, when he was featured on screen, I was like, you know, when you like, like, you know, like, um, sometimes you get like a, a, like a rescue cat or a dog that doesn't like, <laughs> like, doesn't like someone wearing hats and you're just like, okay, so something awful happened to them with someone wearing a hat. That ref, like, just, it, just, it produced a reaction from my, like, soul. It was a deep down, like, oh, I hate you. And I don't know why, but I do hate you. I hate you, bricked up ref. I hate you. <laughs> I'm just imagining you barking at the TV. Yes, I did. I did. <laughs> so I can't. Yeah, I don't know why I've got such negative feelings towards. He didn't have a bad game at all, really. But um, uh, <laughs> just that was my initial like. Who's that guy? I hate him. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> after that drinks break, it was clear that Monk had basically said, "Keep playing it to Murphy because he's got loads of room in behind." So we just forced that ball, whether it was yeah. off or not whether it was a good pass pass or not and just kept failing to hit it um there was about 35 minute mark there was a lovely bit where where murphy was just just powered away from routledge and you could see routledge's legs feeling all of their 35 years watching this young whippersnapper just get (laughs) meters and meters away from him (laughs) as he tried his hardest and that's where de cruz had several efforts Clever bit like, shots, right? Yeah, yeah, they weren't great. They weren't particularly good. I liked um, Kieran Lee doing his. I, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching the Last Dance, and it's giving me memories of uh, of old NBA stuff. So Kieran Lee doing his sort of Muggsy Bogues esque little flick out from the part the pile of players to let the player have a good a free shot was was rather nice in the middle of that. But yeah, the yeah. crew's just kind of like lumped it straight at the people right in front of him about two or three times. Um, and then they went up the other end, had a decent chance, which we sort of crowded out fairly well. Um, I also just want to make, I, I realize we're, we're very much here on Different Gravy. We're very much the Sheffield Wednesday podcast with uh, niche references <laughs> that really only appeal to ourselves. I mean, I guess, guess like anything that could be seen or, you know, seen as seemingly a, a, maybe a potential terrible piece of art. <laughs> Is that basically you'll say, well, people do it for themselves. So we're just going to do that for ourselves. Anyway, again, I want to make, sorry, I feel like so much of this is like me talking about, hey, I'm watching Hadaway. it. From, I'm watching on it Hadaway. Uh, what is love? No. Uh, watching this on this feed, on we got this this commentator, I guess, uh, Lislessy McTedium, or whatever his name is. 
I don't even know what the guy's name is. That's the thing that irritates me so much. I'm like, who is this anonymous dickhead? <laughs> so um, Swansea had a free kick on the 37th minute, um, and they had uh, Brewster over it. Yes. And basically the commentator built him up so much and then even like became very self-aware of it saying, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to build him up. He's not going to do much now. <laughs> and then, then you know, Brewster spooned it over to the empty stand from the free kick. And then the, the commentator said, oh, in training, 99 times out of 100, you put it near the top corner. Yeah. What, what the fuck? What type of unrealistic Ronaldo do you think he is? Like, who the uh, fuck well, could believe the creamingness over fucking Brewster? He was there. Yeah, they were they were similarly fawning over him on uh, on on Sky. Here's yeah, the te- problem: teeing him up for him, teeing him up for his eighteen to twenty five million pound move to uh, an anonymous mid table team, and uh, basically never to quite be seen again. I, I, I he's got to move to Sheffield United or Bournemouth. Uh, in his very near future oh, for no, stupid amounts of money. No, he fucking doesn't. He's going to be, if he's going to be anything, he will basically be, who am I going to say? I reckon he's probably going to be about as good as Fraser Campbell. Yeah, probably Fraser Campbell, same thing. Add in if inflation, he probably moved for something like 12 million from United. He'll go to the equivalent who are Sunderlanders in the Premier League these days. That's it. And basically what I'm saying is, that's what that's I was yeah. saying. I guess that's basically yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, this it'll, is, be, it'll but, cost more because of time. But this is the thing that pisses me off. Like, I think it's because it's like, oh, well, you know, we've guys got, you know, let's just do, do a huddle before we do the, uh, through the commentary. So we're going to agree on the points. Um, Swansea, they've got like a, a faint underwear sniff of a uh, playoff chance. Um, you know, we, we don't care about Wednesday. don't care about Wednesday at all. Oh, oh, guys, guys, we may have, um, check my notes, 17 Liverpool fans watching to see how Brewster's going to do. So let's just egg him up because, um, you know, we've really got to play to the, the big 17. <laughs> And people watching, like uh, just uh, just because he's a Premier League youngster, oh, they wanted to make more it... than that because because Luke Jurgen Klopp watches all the Swansea game. Oh, so he's he's so good. He's going to be so good. <sighs> yeah, it was a terrible free kick after all the build up and all the milking themselves dry over the um, the wonder that is Rian Brewster. He boomed it thirty yards over the bar, like you or I would probably do. Um, <laughs> Just, um, just in my notes, as a complete random aside here, Rich, I've just got a couple of things I want to kind of prop out and get into the ether here. Um, potential opposite titles, one of my things, uh, Quantum of Average. <laughs> and obviously to celebrate our uh, year, you know, year-old gravy as well, as well. but I've managed to get that in earlier as well, so there we go. Very good. <laughs> um, so... Uh, basically, I made a note that Murphy had just had so the the game was Murphy's to win in that first half. Yeah. If Murphy had had a blinder, we would have been wandering into half time with a pretty comfortable lead, probably two two nil. I think. Speaking of half time, remember the the fun chance of the death well, where the Cruz yeah. gave his um they gave his um I don't know one of I think it was uh, whoever the main meerkat on the compare the meerkat advert. <laughs> Is Sergey? No, Sergey's his mate, isn't it? It's oh, not the main is one. But basically, whoever the main one is, Vladimir, I think it is Vladimir. Vlad- Putin, Vladimir, yeah, you know the really classy meerkat. Uh, basically, what's happened now is he's taken some ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's led him to really loquaciously spoon spoon the header over that the crews did. Which it was, was a brilliant oh, Such what a good cross a from Bannon. And yeah, again, Wickham would have buried it. Knew you would have buried it. And I think probably even the burnt out husk of a corpse that is the person that wears Jordan Rhodes' <laughs> shirt probably would have buried it. Well, at least got on target. Yeah, oh, I was dreadful, awful, awful header. You he know, I need, he didn't I want his... to head it. That's how I head a football. I'm, I, I close my eyes and I don't <laughs> really want to head it. And that's how Cruz headed that ball. I wondered if he almost just, just didn't head it at all. It just bounced off his head. It, maybe that would have done better. Maybe that it would have been would have. You know, it also looked like, at it, uh, looking at De Cruz, after, De Cruz afterwards, it looked to him like he was he realised it was a chance after he'd spurned it over the like about five <laughs> seconds afterwards. Fuck's sake. Oh, what an boy, awful mess. Oh, what yeah. Awful mess. Uh, yes. <sighs> so, so we that was the sort of the last effort, you know, last thing in the in the half. Um, and we so we've been comfortably the better team at halftime, but once again, absolutely nothing to show for it. And that feels like a big, big theme of the season has been. We've had a. A, a half where we have been either marginally or quite handily better than the opposition and we just don't turn it into anything useful um we made a change at half time we brought on alex hunt for for kieran lee um and he kind of immediately did showed his promise and then also the slight weakness of having a youngster in there because he he made a lovely ball over the top for murphy and then gave away a silly free kick almost within the same like 30 seconds um that was where are you well basically this was the sequence that led to the goal eventually but are you had it hit his free kick pretty well wildsmith sort of palmed it straight out but thankfully murphy was awake and, and cleared it uh <laughs> i was gonna I was, I was gonna say actually that was his um, up to that point um i thought his best touch was unconvincingly slicing the ball out <laughs> to safety and then looking terrified that it might sneak in yes yeah <laughs> Yes. Which again, I, I, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of um, apathetic magic that he kind of came up with, <laughs> much like that kind of finish, much like that the sitter he missed. Um, yes. I don't know how he did it. I really don't know. Like he really managed to kind of slice it. He sort of missed it and it came off his studs or something. It bounced it up into his studs or something like it that. Seemed to get a bit of spin on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is probably why he went for big bucks, you know, because he can just do. <laughs> he can such... do apathetic magic. That's, I mean. Apathetic magic, yeah. Most people can't even do, you know, paying attention magic, but <laughs> he just. He just nonchalantly does it. Um, I, just in terms of commentary um, on Sky, we had Keith Andrews, and uh, when oh. when uh, Swansea had had their chance, I did enjoy the. Uh, they went true to turds um, <laughs> as the only highlight of his dry as a bone commentary that he does. Was, uh, <laughs> was Clinton the? Uh... He was in the studio again. Clinton and Leon Britton. He's good. He's good value. I like Clinton. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Good lad. Good lad. Um, So, yeah, from that corner, it went out for a throw-in. The throw-in was pretty pathetically headed back to the taker by Orpher. Yes, by Orpher, yeah. And then Murphy and Palmer kind of were too polite and looked at each other and let the ball roll through the two of them. And, And then, you know, the sainted... Um, you know the next big thing of English football, Ryan Brewster. 
scored his goal. He took his chance well. You know, it's the sort of quality we didn't have in the situations that we were in. Mm. It's just so frustrating that it just was, it's this all too familiar, isn't it? We've just been here so often. Yeah. I just, this is again the thing like, you know, we're again coming off the back of, you know, this loss. Just to fast forward a little bit, we'll rewind back again. And, you know, Monk's been, you know, Monk's coming out and saying, you know, we need to be ruthless. And I'm like, you know, a host of Wednesday fans are in this, you know, resignation of saying, yeah, we've we've been this team that hasn't been ruthless for, you know, a long time now. But the thing is, again, the funny thing is, like, I don't, I really don't feel like I see other teams making the type of defensive mistakes that we do. That's what I was going to say. We, the, the, to use a favorite word of yours, the profligacy going forward is well it's accentuated but it's also it also masks i think that at the heart of it what it is is that we are a team we defend fairly well as a team but the actual defense is is rubbish if you can kind of get to us Mm. we'll either make a a terrible mistake or we'll just let you score we've got poor goalkeepers i'm not uh, i'm uh, i'm sort of sorry to say that but the choices of dawson and wildsmith are not good enough for a team with any aspirations of being upper you know upper mid or or playoffs in the championship no would, no other team would have a goalkeeper as bad as those two I, I, I would correct you a little bit so you said um was the exact line you said aspirations of top yes. half playoffs I would change that I would take my red pen I would put a line through that and write underneath um any good yeah yeah um, to any degree of mild competence of being anywhere near goodness, a little bit that, similar, a little bit similar to how Swansea are getting close to the playoffs, you know. Yes. But man for man, the, our defense is not good enough, and they don't seem to be well coached enough to get over their individual deficiencies. That that is the story of this season. It's not missing chances. It's it's poor defending. That's why we keep getting punished. It's poor defending and bad goalkeeping. Because um, that's that's what today was. It's a cacophony of basic <laughs> defending errors. <laughs> a real siren's wail of clangers. <laughs> and I think it's so it's tricky because you look at them. I, I think Palmer's a pretty dependable six and a half, seven out of ten sort of player. Yeah. He was looking good in this position, although the last two games, I think he's been as bad as anyone else. Um, I offer was probably an above average right back. Seems seemed to be looking to become a a very good centre back, but I can't help but feel he's kind of lost his way a bit mm. because yeah. he's right at the heart of all the things going wrong at the moment. And he played some really dreadful hospital passes today that we could have got punished for. Yeah, um, I just don't know. And we, we we've talked long and <laughs> you know we talked at length about Tom Lee's. I think Burner, the more we see of Burner, his sort of mobility issues are are really concerning. I think there's a lot to like about him, but you kind of, if he's going to be a first-choice centre-back, we're going to have to work around his clear deficiencies. Uh, it's it's a real deep-rooted problem. That is not going to be fixed easily. I'd like to just say, it would be nice to go into this just saying, like, well, what we need is another centre-back, and then you just do I.O. for another centre-back. Which might be enough, mm-hmm. but that would need to be a pretty fantastic centre back to 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 kind of make up for all that we're we're lacking. 
Um, as you say, it, 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 we just don't see other teams making quite so many of these these costly, costly errors at the back, and including yeah. Swansea, who had a real makeshift kind of ragtag little lineup of defenders, and they did fine. They, they took responsibility. Fire. They put themselves in the way of things. They were brave. That was a good defensive performance for them because we really did go at them first half. Had plenty of chances, but yeah, when it mattered, they made the blocks that got in the way. Um, and we just don't seem to do... Efficiency in defending is just something that seems to be completely alien to us. And what's going on? I mean, Monk is, Monk is a centre-back by trade. I know. I do think he's hindered by just not very good choices as a, for, for the most part. I mean, mm. now we literally don't have a left-back. The only yep. left-back at the club is our right-back playing left-back. Yeah. And the, the only other right-back is like a record-breaking penalty giver away um, and yet the thing I do want to say from this restart, though, I, I guess the thing I, I, I even for Apache form, Rich, I still want to say three five two is probably the best we're looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's made us look a lot. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a shape that sort of fits and, and gives us some solidity. Uh, it's just we yeah we seem we can't be chasing a game in three five two. It seems like. We just seem to make leave too many gaps. It doesn't seem to work particularly well when that happens. Um, they had a good chance, 55 minutes from a free kick. Uh, Gai or Gay got had a free header that he could have made more from, but I think Berner did quite a good job at just muscling him out of it enough. Um, um, one one thing I want to go back on my notes, Rich, just about the, the first goal we conceded. I apologize, I interrupted that's you. That's right. No um, Luongo really should have done better. He should have. That was really heartbreaking. I should see one of our sharpest and kind of best players and someone coming back and really and, and you know, making, really making a name for himself in the first kind of, you know, those two games back. I can only think that he saw two Wednesday players, a kind of bobbling slow ball and two Wednesday players. And, you know, kind of in your head, you're thinking that's, we're fine. Do you know what I mean? Like he switched off because we should be safe. Either Murphy pokes it out of play or Palmer clears it. It shouldn't bounce between the two of them. But but Brewster didn't make that same. He didn't. Sure. He switched on. And then, so. and then the final ingredient and in the um, defensive clangor soup, uh, <clears throat> a little bit of seasoning, is probably uh, Joe Wildsmith looking like he was a squirrel that was assassinated. Yes. Fuck me. That's Stop the thing. Back. In terms of the, the bravery back. that they, you know, the bravery that they showed. Um, I'm trying to think who the partner for a guy was. Uh, Bidwell. You know, Bidwell and Gay put themselves in the way of things. They put themselves bodies on the line. And yeah, our goalkeeper is frightened of it hitting his face. So he gets his head all the way back and puts himself in a position where he can't see what's going on. It's not good enough. It's no. just not good enough. It's not good enough. And again, he, we, we just missed out on a classic Wildsmith error before as well from that free kick. Because once again, yes, he makes a save, but he saves it perfectly into the path of, of uh, strikers mm. we, we were saved another you know another goal in the long line of goals conceded in that way by murphy's bit of um you know bit of luck in in getting there and clearing it but it's bad goalkeeping it doesn't change that yeah very very frustrating goal to concede and as i say that heart sink of how many times have we been here this season where you know, we run the show for for a half. We come out second half, and it's like we forgot that there's more football to play, and we've forgotten 
that they can change what they do. Just yes. mean like oh, that seems to be a mistake we make every time. It's like, oh, we're loads better than these guys. We're actually really good at this football game, and they're rubbish, which is funny. And then at half time they go, guys, you've been rubbish. Whichever Wednesday are actually quite bad. Why not just try playing football? And then <laughs> and then oh lo and behold, we're like, what are they doing now? Oh, they played a pass to another player. <laughs> <laughs> I I really if maybe what we could do is an episode, Rich. Um, which again, I'm, I'm unfortunately, Rich, it'll just be all you. But what's <laughs> it going to be? It's going to be a, a Richard Miller one man show of every, every Sheffield Wednesday game this season. <laughs> we'll film it. It'll be you and a table, and you can just act out everything that happens in a standard Sheffield Wednesday game. Oh dear. Half time. Sheffield Wednesday failed to capitalise on their chances. Opposing team dressing room. <laughs> Half time in the Wednesday dressing room. Go monk. Have a good suck down on that orange lads. You have a shit. Bloody beautiful stuff out there. Don't change a thing. No notes. No notes from me. <laughs> Opposition changing room. Hair dryers are plenty. <laughs> oh, <let's> see. <laughs> I, I, oh. I mean, I, I, <laughs> so the three in midfield kind of hunt was given the difficult job of of being the defensive one in that three. Um, which hopefully, should, was, I suppose, the idea was to try and free Bannon up to mm. to, to have a bit more of an impact up the field. It's um, it was sad. Because I really, I was really happy to see Alex Hunt on and get more minutes. That's a positive for him. It's positive for us. Yeah. But it's disappointing when I think this is the problem. This is the problem that happens, and this is the problem that I'll probably have to defend Monk with. You know, you end up picking experience because, unfortunately, experience. Even though we've we've typified and we've also <laughs> mentioned how naive this Wednesday team is. Yes. How they seem to have a, a, you know, they seem to just uh, roll back the years to, I don't know, those times when they were 14 years old um, <laughs> as a collective. Yes. It's it's like it's like big or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of big, they just got small. But like even that, we still need that experience on the pitch. Unfortunately, big. Um, just to remind everybody, is a film where a grown woman sleeps with uh, a, a man that has the brain of a child, uh, and that was cool in the eighties. Um, sorry. Go, go. <laughs> and that was sex notes. Cool. Um, but that's that's kind of the problem. We still need that experience on the pitch, and that's it's a problem because I really want to see Alex Hunt, and he did some good stuff. He played some nice balls, but we maybe missed out. Maybe we didn't need him to be the defensive one. I think that was a bit of a mistake. He looked like he, he didn't look like that was his natural. It all looked a bit big and fast for him when it was defensive. I thought he looked again looked bright in possession, and uh, that's yeah. that's a yeah, nice yeah. thing to note. But yeah, kind of handing him. We just I think we just lost Lee's industry. Bannon doesn't work that hard defensively, and and it looked like Hunt doesn't doesn't quite have it when it comes to that defensive side of things. He seemed to be quite often like chasing players around and not even being particularly close to the players he was chasing when it was when it came to defending things. Mm. Um I don't know what he's 
I don't know enough about him to know what his his sort of natural game is because if he if he is a holding midfielder then maybe it was just a bit he was a bit overwhelmed at the occasion but he looked better coming on against Man City in a, in that role further forward you know kind of closing people down and yeah. pressing, pressing further, further up the field that looked more natural to him than what he was asked to do here which was kind of holding his position and and, and blocking things from happening but he's I, I think maybe from what I feel like I know and again it's maybe damning or completely off base he's maybe a bit like Bannon right well, that is uh, supposedly his protege, isn't it? So the master has taught his uh, Padawan well mm-hmm. in that regard. Because that that is a thing that Bannon is sitting deep when those three are playing together because it gives him the room to, to pick his passes. Um, but he's not very good defensive when it comes down to it. And that sometimes causes us problems. I mean, the, the goal midweek that we talked about is is kind of a case in point for, for Bannon. But... Um, we had to, again. We had a. Ch- we know we had chances. Um, um, Bannon played a f- sort of 59th minute, 60th minute. Bannon played a really nice sort of reverse pass into uh, into Murphy, which gave him mm. gave him possession in the box with very little pressure. He picked out a really good cross, but just nobody got on there. Well, it was um, Iorfa wasn't really. Iorfa at the back post completely yeah. missed it. It went through his legs. He thought he was in the other box. <laughs> That's mean, but there you go. I, I did make a note at 58th minute. This is me being, you know, naive and hopeful, as we touched on, saying um, that Routledge has picked up a yellow card. Could be important, but the only thing that happened was that at the 63rd minute, Routledge was replaced. <laughs> For somebody who was much more defensively sound and made life a bit harder. Um, <sighs> then, then we have Reach giving away oh a stupid foul. What? There was just absolutely zero point to it. There was just, there's no need. The ball was well over him. He didn't need to make this balletic clothesline challenge like he was trying to. It was like he, um, Reach thought, um, Reach went back to being a child as well and remembered when he saw the Matrix and was telling his mates that he could run up walls, side of walls. That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to do that thing where he tried to run, you know, horizontally run the side of um, the Swansea player. There was just no point. I don't understand why any challenge needed to be made at all. Yeah, he just cleared Roberts. But that is him. It's the same panic. It's just actually this time he didn't need to do that panic because, as you say, Roberts had actually misjudged it. He'd got overexcited and was under the ball. And if he'd managed to get a header from where he was stood, it wouldn't have been a very good header. There's no absolutely no need for Reach to do what he did. It was... um, that was stupid. Uh, and then Ayu put the penalty away. What did you think of his run-up? Did, did you yeah. notice that he completely stopped in his run-up? Yeah. I don't know what's allowed these days in penalties. Mind you, Wildsmith was about two. three feet off his line as well, so I suppose. Wildsmith isn't really doing much very good at penalties, is he? No, Dawson's a fairly good penalty uh Stopper. Stopper, isn't he? Yeah. He's just so big. I think if he can get himself down there, he covers a lot of the ground, doesn't he? Whereas Wellsmith doesn't quite have that that frame. Um, Harris was brought on for reach, a sort of straight swap, and mm. put a really good first cross in. But again, nothing came of it because we didn't want to score today. <laughs> Luongo was taken off for Atty, so De Cruz managed to survive that change um, to keep yeah. us on a on an attacking footing. And there was a note. Bannon had a note. Yeah. Score. 
try and score a goal, put it in his side. We didn't um, fortunately reading him, Ross Wallace, to come on and take well, a job. One of their reading. players definitely fancied, uh, Byers fancied getting himself a, a bit of meme uh, meme royalty. He had a little cheeky look on his face and he was about to sneak up to Bannon and Bannon saw it coming, popped it in his sock. This note's just for me, not for, not for your eyes. My commentator... Uh, amidst uh, banging his eyelashes and wanting to bang Brewster all game, um, did actually said, "Oh, it's nice to see players not littering." <laughs> That's very funny. Um, so then the next thing of note was 81st minute. Brewster put through one on one again um, through mm. defensive frailties. Um, and then I've put the sainted lord of all things goal-related, touched by the hand of Klopp himself, misses the target altogether. <laughs> and and I've, I've I've gone deeper. This was I'm getting bitter at this stage, Luke. I'll, I'll be honest. <laughs> Brewster has what my lovely Scottish granny would call a greeting face. He has the look of a whiny baby. Um, and whilst we are resorting to picking at people's appearances, Steve Cooper's face looks sore and is also painful to look at. So there you go. That was my rundown. I, yeah, I didn't like looking at Steve Cooper. I'll be honest. No, him, uh, did you? Oh, I've forgotten his name now. Did you, did you remember Sammy Lee? It was like number two to Rafa Benitez, I think, for a long time. And, um, and then um, Big Sam. But he similarly has one of those faces. It's like, is that how can that naturally be what your face does? It looks like you're pulling a face. <laughs> it, it does. It does make me wonder whether that old wives' tale of like, you know, don't don't keep pulling that face. If the wind changes, it'll stay that way. Whether that's real. Yeah. Could be. And and for for Cooper, he was he was he was eating something very sour. I think scrunching up his eyes. Anyway. Um, it's not good to do this. It's not, that's it's mean. Um, New Year was put through by a beautiful uh, pass from Bannon. That was the one that we talked about where he took it down so well and then sort of put it wide with such confidence. Mm. <laughs> um, and then Brewster got himself another chance one-on-one and Burner absolutely nailed him. <laughs> yes. That's uh, the one where he, we went down and he, he landed on his arm. Nursing his like, shoulder after that, yeah. Hyperextended his arm. Which, again, again, the sympathising, pouting, bang eyelashes of, uh, you know, Johnny, Johnny McNoname <laughs> on, my, on my commentator said, oh, it's really painful if you've done it to... I don't think anyone's ever done it. I've, <laughs> I've never known that be, like, a common thing. You know, it's not like it's not like the common cold or the flu. Not, everybody doesn't get this. Like, it wasn't as dramatic as the because the one that was really horrific uh, was Larice. Do you remember when he did his? No. He sort right. of slipped backwards into the goal and put his heart hands down, and basically Oof. his elbow went the other way. Ah, ah. Which was a hyperextension, say in the same sort of uh, yeah, same sort of thing, but much more dramatic version of it. Um. So then we had seven minutes added on, which the commentator said, "Oh, great news for Sheffield Wednesday! Seven minutes added on," and I just said, "We could it could be seventy minutes. We still won't get a shot on target. This second half has been pitiful." Uh, <laughs> but then, lo and behold, ninety-fourth minute, Murphy plays a lovely deep cross, and Atty—I mean, tried to hit it straight at the goalkeeper, but even he couldn't hold back. 
just hitting it so well that it uh, it bounced off the keeper's shoulder and went in. We had a couple of chances after that, and Bannon let us down on the set pieces, which again has been a bit of a theme. Yeah. Um, the free kick was a really good opportunity. He hit it behind everybody. Bernard did an okay job, but all he could do because we just kind of pass it to the goalie. Then we had a corner, which the ref, you know, the bricked up, formerly uh, talked about bricked up ref, allowed us to take the corner, which was quite generous. And Bannon just passed it to the goalkeeper pretty tamely. Uh, disappointing. We're we're now eight points off the uh, off the drop zone. Mm-hmm. And who knows what the outcome um, the outcome will, will be of this hearing? But it me it now means that I, I've kind of I don't know why I've had in my head nine points. But in my head, nine points is what I feel is almost like it feels like a number that would feel significant enough for other clubs, but also not. It's not all the way evil for us, but that, that does mean that now nine points would take us take us into that drop zone. I'd hope mm-hmm. we get a response if we got there, you know, when it's confirmed. But I don't know. I don't know what this team's capable. No, I, I, that's the problem. Yeah. I well, I don't think. I guess the problem is we haven't really technically been put in a relegation fight. Exactly. However, though the rumours and conjecture over the club about the whole thing to do with you know this whole disruption from the EFL case you know has affected the players yeah and has taken all kind of sap and fight and bite and you know bone out of them effectively yeah so effectively are we basically showing that for an irrigation dogfight we don't have enough in the tank or do we technically not know that because are we or on the flip side of this do we just have a bunch of players who are kind of a little bit i mean you know on on the beach maybe not respecting social distancing maybe maybe they're at the beach but they don't feel comfortable being at the beach within this environment and this pandemic maybe they're listlessly uh maybe adam reach is just listlessly um uh, ch- chucking like a slightly deflated beach ball around. That's what I imagine him doing. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's you know. But it's just there's just a feeling of I don't know. Like do we, again? It's it's the whole thing of do we have to have the constantly have the conversation with players to ask them? Do, you know, do you do you want to be here? Do you um, no. okay? Next next question. Uh, do, we have a football match coming up. Do you want to win this? Oh, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about that. I just thought about going out and uh, you know getting my money and going home. Yeah, I just, I you can only hope that if if and if we're put in that position, it produces that. I I think just not knowing is is very unsettling, and it's mm. probably more unsettling than knowing and it being a bad outcome. Like it is, it is. So I just. I just hope when we get to the stage that we know, if it's a negative, you know, if we've lost the case and there's a there's points deduction and it puts us in trouble, I just hope that is then what the spur to to kind of getting some steel and determination about us. But as you say, there's been nothing very much shown from this squad of players, this management team, that there's that that inner steel, you know, that hidden resolve. It, it's being very well camouflaged at this point so we're asking them to do something that they've never shown us any capability of doing previously but that's up that we've got to hope because otherwise what are we you know what are we doing <laughs> it might yeah. be vain hope but it's all that we've got left yeah oh different gravy cheering you up for a whole year now guys joy of joys um do we want to do some player ratings? we were so um we were so optimistic on that first episode, weren't we? Uh, we, we weren't optimistic. Well, it's, it's the beginning of the season, but we we felt that they would be better. Um, yeah, let's do player ratings. 
<laughs> we were up to you're right. We were optimistic. We were optimistic under Bruce, but then Bruce was going. We had a reason. We had the good start. We got six points out of the first two games, didn't we? Under under uh, Bully, mm. and I think Monk even had a reasonably good start. And we got to third by yeah. Christmas. And then the bottom fell out, unfortunately. <laughs> right, let's do this. Uh, wild boy. Wild, <laughs> wild boy. Uh, I'm going to give him a six. Yeah, fair enough. He was pretty merrill round, you know. And that's the difficulty. <laughs> like, it, I don't know, there's nothing else to say other than we could just sigh for about five, ten seconds. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe that's it. You do your one-man show. I'll do a spoken word album where it's just it's, they're just it's either events or players listed from the you know nineteen twenty season, and I just um, I, I just sigh basically. I just turn into like um, the Charlie Bird of sighing. I remember seeing um, a group at All Tomorrow's Parties Festival called Scat Gobs. And it was vocal improvisations, three people doing vocal improvisations, which is essentially just making weird noises on a stage for like half an hour. Like one of them ended up doing like a phone call with his shoe or something. But I can just imagine, I think that we should both be on stage. It shouldn't be a one man show. It should be it should be two single men shows, uh, but concurrently. And I think I could do the playthrough. <laughs> of the season and you could vocalize it in different size all the way through so almost like the soundtrack to the to the show about the season is is your your vocal improvisations i think that would be mm. that'd be very effective i think we we could we could win prizes it's not out of the question so do uh, we kind of summarize the wildsmith the fact that he's disappointing but still probably the best option we have right now and then that uh, yeah po- probably i'm feeling less conv- <clears throat> i'm less convinced that he's better than dawson now than i was i think if you asked me after the man city game i probably would say yes he's the better option I, as a, unfortunately they're both just not particularly good um yeah. and f- for me they're, they're they're past the age where they're going to come on leaps and bounds but maybe i'm maybe i'm too pessimistic in that but that my biggest worry about next season is 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 what we do at goalkeeper because yeah it won't get any better with yep. the we've got yeah um okay <laughs> six for wildsmith that's fine yeah well boys always close your eyes well boys hide your face from the ball doesn't matter if it's a goal um <laughs> liam palmer six yeah, I think probably he was middle of the pack in the three. It seems natural to kind of stack them up. I think Iorfa was the worst. I think Palmer was in the middle, and I think Berner was the best. Yeah, out the three. Probably but uh, agree with that. yeah, six for six for Palmer. Then uh, Dominic Iorfa. I'm giving a six as well. Yeah, he looks a bit suspect, and he had a hand in the first goal. So he also really could have twice. He really could have dropped us in it. I did like that challenge he made right to death, though. That was fun. Yeah, there's always fun bits with him. I I think he's I do think he's he's pretty good. I just think we're asking a lot of him in this situation and by being the holding you're the one that has to stay at home, we're losing some of what makes him so fun at centre back and right back. It's when he gets those big spindly legs going. Mm-hmm. But we can't have that when he's he's in the position of responsibility, so it can't happen. Um okay, and then uh 
Burner. 6.5. Yeah. I'm giving him a half mark for that lovely tackle on Brewster right at the end was, as well. That was good. It was lovely. It was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice to see him back. Nice to see, oh, Julian Reburner, as we say, um, because as you may have seen in the press, um, thanks to a, a lovely, lovely little error, they said he had an injury where he was dead in oh, brackets. Oh, wow. Okay. Did you not see that? Instead of a no. dead leg, they just said he was dead. Wow. So, uh, Julian Reburner, I'm calling him now. Um, <laughs> so, come back from being reported as dead in the local press. A zombie uh, founded on Ritter Sports and Mesomix. Uh, let's hope that we can keep the Fanta and Coke mixed quite lovingly in the future for these Beautiful. remaining remaining running games. He also um, played a played a part in the goal. Uh, burner. He played the ball across to, to Murphy. I know it wasn't the best ball because Murphy really had to fight to keep it in but um, it was it showed that his sort of quality in that position when he gets forward that uh, I'm not I'm not sure Palmer quite replicates when he's in the same situations. Um, Jacob Murphy. Uh, Jacoblers. Jacoblers. Jacobble and Hyde. Jacoblers. No, just Jacoblers. Just as uh, and the sisters not atone for his sins. Five point five. I've gone for. Um, also, say like Julian Casablancas, he's making bad decisions for you. <laughs> he. This was his. This could have been the Murphy game. This was. <laughs> could have been. You know, it, it, it was all there. The chances again and again. He was basically given free reign of that right wing, and he did the sum total of sod all with it. It's very I know. disappointing. I know. Especially because he was such a bright spark before the lockdown. It's a shame that he's sort of come back seemingly almost back to where he was at the start of the season, where he kind of blows a bit hot and cold. I do, there is something, you know, Harris has this built in. He wants to push to the byline and cross it with his left. Yep. It's like a comfort blanket for him. Murphy seems to have that as well. He wants to run straight at the person in front of him. Um, and it's a very frustrating trope because he's quite good at crossing. He's quite good at cutting in and shooting. He's not very good when he runs straight at somebody, but he wants to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's a confidence thing. You know, you do the thing that you you know doesn't favour you. The odds don't favour you because that doesn't put you in a position where you have to perform or do something. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too deep about the, uh, the inner workings of uh, <laughs> young Jacob. Um, Kieran Lee? Kieran Lee, gone for a six. Um, not great, not awful. Not man of a match, but I'm also going to say he's weirdly the player of the game, if you get what I mean, basically. Kieran Lee in the first half of the epitome of the game. Um, my point is basically saying about that is that people ran about, but I'd hardly call it exercise. <laughs> I I think we lost we we lost his kind of hustle. We we you know we lacked it second half. We we missed it. Um, mm. He just seems to be a good kind of additive in situations. I think the reason he doesn't work so well in a two, but does he? I think he thrives in a three. Is he's he's good at like being the backup guy, the other guy, uh, and and kind of yeah, adding momentum to situations. And uh, would, would you say he's the guy behind the guy? He's the guy behind the guy. Behind every great guy, there's a Kieran Lee. And oh. <laughs> yeah, we we missed that second half. We just didn't have it. And I thought. Luongo's game was poorer for it and I thought the yeah the midfield in general was just poorer for it uh we should probably do Hunt seeing as they kind of shared a position half a game each yeah I guess so uh, I'm gone for a six for Hunt more minutes for him some night spits some last night spits I think he didn't let himself down at all it's just 
I think mm. he showed there's some limits to to where he's at at the moment. But I would I've got no qualms if he was there if he was replace if he was playing where Bannon was playing second half or where Luongo was playing. I think he would have done as good of a job as those two probably. Mm. And he still showed some quality. Maybe not as you know he maybe wouldn't have pulled out the passes that Bannon pulled out okay you know occasionally. But yeah, he's still got lots of quality about him. I, I, I'd like to see him again. I just don't think he's the holding guy out of the three. Um, Barry Bannon. Uh, I've gone for a seven. Um, so he had some. He had some great touches. There were some yeah. really. There were some really good moments. Some really nice sublime moments. I do remember a pass in the first half that was pretty terrible. Where he gave it away. <laughs> um, another, another day with better finishing, he could come. He could have easily come out with two or three assists today. I know he was really good today. Yeah, it's probably the shining light of this of this game. Shining light's probably the Barry Bannon. The, the, uh, to to borrow your turn of phrase, the peanut in the turd was Barry Bannon. Yes. <laughs> um, did you did you land on a score for him? A seven. Seven. Okay. Um, action mass, mass no longer. Ah, uh, five point five. Yeah. It's not good. Not good. Direct. I'm hand- really disappointed by his lack of reaction for the Brewster goal. Yeah. Uh, not up to his best. Sort of felt like he should have done better as well with that one where he went for a diving header. Thought maybe he could have done a bit better there. I don't know. Maybe, maybe be... that was kind of difficult. Yeah. I, I thought he did well, actually, in that situation to get his head to it, or his head close to it, at least. I didn't quite know what happened there. I know the no. Swansea player cleared it out, right? For a yeah, corner? That's, what, that's what they yeah, they got. There was a corner after. Because that was the Harris cross, wasn't it? It was. That's right. Yes, I couldn't. I didn't make a note of who got on the end of that, but that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We'll, well, we'll see. Um, fair enough. Uh, Adam Reach? Five for Adam Reach. Not good. Really bad. Very, very awful for the penalty decision. Uh, biggest disappointment of the season. If there's a year-end show, if we do a year-end show, it's mm. Adam Reach. He's been the biggest disappointment of this season. Someone who's always had a bit of quality and a bit of um, flair and a bit of much-needed creativity and a real spark has just absolutely shown none of it. The disappointment, I think the thing is, I want to say, is a kind of, this isn't just Adam Reach. This is a big contextual thing with Sheffield Wednesday's squad right now. We've got a lot of players who look good from the bench. But then when they go and do the uh, the starting yeah. berth, they yeah. don't look good. Because that's the thing I was going to say. Harris looked good. He did. Harris nearly always looks good from the bench, actually. It's it's a trait of his. <laughs> sure. So, but then, I would prefer them that way around. If, 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 if it's not a... Def- I, I think Reach let himself down defensively today. But I think him being... I like Harris coming on late against tired legs. Mm. I would actually rather say the other way around, I'll be honest. Well, I think Harris is the better... So, like, I'd rather just not see Reach at the moment, (laughs) which is a shame. I never thought I'd be in that position, but I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know what's happened to him this season. He's been so consistent for so, you know, for for a number of seasons, and there's just nothing about him at the moment. He looks so devoid of quality and confidence and just anything. I don't know. It's a strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, we need him to do a tell-all phone call with Giddy Aidings on uh, Radio Sheffield. <laughs> Alessio Dacruz. 5.5. Uh, he's got the characteristics of what we need, like I said before. Um, he just doesn't bring it to the table or it doesn't work out. And it's not what we need up front for a starting striker. I'd much rather have had New York Rhodes there. I'm going to be honest. I do wonder if we'd gone with New You. I think we could have, seeing how much room Murphy got, we could have quite easily done a, a Borough on them, I think. Borough away. It's disappointing because I just think 
again for the Cruz is like <clears throat> he's got a bit of pace and he's got a bit of legs about him and it's just nice to have that considering yeah we've got so many limited you know it's it's a real uh, it it feels like a disability scooter showroom or <laughs> or like strike force yes it's like this is this is your basic model this is your one that's more expensive but it's still about slow that's <laughs> basically kind New Hugh and Rhodes. It was just, it's nice to have someone with a bit of life and a bit of urgency and a bit, well, even if he's still, um, you know, even if it's still. Yeah, do you know, that the, was the. the meerkat on Ketterman. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, te- the, to me, that was the telling thing with West Brom. They just looked so much quicker and stronger than us. Mm. It just felt like any time it was a test of acceleration or pace or do you know any athleticism they were they were streets ahead of us and yeah it just looked so easy for them to catch up to us take the ball off us and run away from us uh so often um it, I, I mean hope i'm ho- hopefully we're in a position where monk gets to to do this what he's talking about in terms of getting getting some youth in and some some you know some better fitness and some stronger players some fitter players some quicker players all that is stuff that we need um we're a bit like a, a bad arson wenger side they're all a bit too small and a bit too slight and a bit yeah mm. if you let us play the game our way which is sit off us then we've got a chance but if you put if you pressure us at all it will just falls to pieces um okay uh connor wickham connor wigwam uh six not so it was okay yeah annoyingly he was never on the chances you wanted him to be on i think that was the thing with i think that's the thing with new you over Rhodes or de cruz is Wickham actually then becomes the front man, the, you know, the striker out of the two, mm. not, the, not the forward holding it up target man. I think Atty is that target man, and that, that's... that. That's why, Sorry, go on. Sorry, just to say that, just to agree with you, yeah, why would you not want, going into these, before these two games, why would you not just want our most unformed striker being playing to the best of his abilities uh, well midweek we just played him in the partnership that he's got those goals in to be fair it's just this yeah today we changed it i think the cruise got ch- sobbed in because of his pace and i think we thought we'd, we'd sort of make hay with their defense it just didn't work out that way um harris got just over sort of 20 minutes uh, what what did you make of his 6.5 uh better place for him you know from the bench but now but now unfortunately we're in this 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 kind of do-si-do of rotating players do-si-do love it yeah you know start purely because reach shot himself reach completely fucking shot the bed today <laughs> yes I was really... It was sad. It was sad to see how badly he did in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Atty knew you. Seven, purely for the goal. Yeah. Uh, I said that I thought missed. he bumped the mob. I thought he did... He, he didn't get much out of the ref, but I thought he came on and just had his had an impact. I, I just wish we'd... I think if we brought him on earlier, we might have had more of a chance in the game. I... I think games like today, I just don't know why you wouldn't have Atty. Like, if you're getting balls into the box, you want somebody that can win headers. De Cruz doesn't seem to have that in his, you know, scoring for with his head doesn't seems a long way from where he is at the moment, from what we've seen from him. Mm. And he lets you build that platform further forward in the in the game. I know he's not quick. He's in fact he's the opposite of quick. I just 
I think we should be leaning on New Year much more than we are doing in these in these games. Um, yeah, it's a bit disappointing to to see so little of him because he's so effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, six, six. I don't You're really down. remember him doing anything other than heading the ball straight up in the air. Better than the Cruz. Better than yeah, better than Decruz, but still not very good. Yeah, well there you go. I don't know. Again, I but I I kind of agree with your sentiment saying if Rhodes was on the pitch, I'd have more of a semblance of an idea of what he's supposed to be doing and what his job is. You know. Yeah, I think we annoyingly not just did they did the chances fall to the wrong person on the pitch. We had the wrong person on the pitch for the chances that fell because I mm-hmm. think the two or three that De Cruz got that header, the the sort of the two chances in a row that were just kind of on the edge of the box. I would expect Atty or Rhodes to do a better job in both those situations than him. Just a shame. Anyway, um, so. Looking ahead, we've got Preston uh, on Wednesday night, and then we've got QPR before before the next uh, the next episode, mm-hmm. which is finally a reasonable period of time for a re- reasonable time for football to happen, isn't it? Yep, three o'clock on a Saturday. Would you, Adam and Eve? It? <laughs> uh, so P- Preston once again, another one in this group of almost contenders maybe contenders have to win to stay a contender sort of idea they've lost four out of their last six games they've not won in six so they are guaranteed to get pick up a win against wednesday i'm gonna use a clumsy analogy i feel like feel like they've got it's like they've got rihanna's phone number but uh you know i don't think that's bolsters their chances of getting with rihanna yeah, and then QPR are very much sort of where we are in the table, and they've had a very similar sort of run of form, although they won this weekend. So two games we could win if we play our best, two games we, we can absolutely lose if we play like we played today, mm-hmm. <sighs> or second half today. First half today, we were all right. Yeah. Uh, we just got to yeah. We, I do. I do. I th- I th- I th- actually think points deduction or no points deduction. I am slightly worried about our sort of continuing descent into the relegation trouble. You know, we've gone from ten points to eight points. That could quite quickly become five or six. Um, hopefully, there's enough teams between us and 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 the bottom. But this regardless of what goes on with this court case we need to pick up some points um and these are two games that are are winnable so i hope i hope that we're, we're setting out to win um and i hope that we can put some performances together that get us there but uh as we say this is a threadbare squad and there are not huge amounts of choices we just can't afford to be starting from behind that just doesn't seem to work at all i think monk even said i'm sure he knows statistically apparently since the restart it's harder for teams to overcome a deficit so less teams are coming from behind to pick up results mm-hmm. which might be to do with there's no crowd to kind of you off and change the momentum mm-hmm. so there we go uh not one of the happier episodes unfortunately for our, for our <laughs> bon anniversaire um but i suppose it could be wednesday if they turned up and did their job when they when you need them to. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but i will say cheerio luke and wish you well you too rich have a good week cheerio, folks. Cheers. <laughs>